When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, 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 everyone. Come in, come in to the Purple Daily Show. It's all about football. And since all of your sports, basketball fans and hockey fans and baseball fans and soccer fans now as well, since all of your sports are canceled and very likely will see NCAA basketball, the tournaments delayed or canceled, welcome into the NFL offseason. We are the only gig going right now in football. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin is here today, and we will get to the latest on coronavirus and how it will impact the NFL and whether they should cancel the draft proceedings. We will preview free agency with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus at 2.30. But just in case you are, let's say, working from home and you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I wanted to watch that hockey game tonight, but let's just see what kind of sports are going on. I haven't been paying attention to this old football offseason. So what has happened? If only there were a place to find out. Well, Jonathan has put something together to help you get up to speed if you have not been paying attention since the end of the NFL season. I said earlier I'm open-minded about the process and you know, at the same time, I'm, you know, I love playing football and I want to continue to play and do a great job. So I'm looking forward to what's ahead, whatever the future may bring. I think our, our situation is the right one for him. And uh, we expect him to be back. I think he wants to be back. And so, you know, those kind of things usually work, work its way out. I just spoke with sources on this. I was told the Titans believe that they have a pretty good chance in a head-to-head matchup with the Patriots to land Tom Brady. I'm also told that there's a mystery team, a third team that's firmly <laughs> in the mix. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, I've been patient, you know, I've been building it up for a while, um, just kind of keeping my head down, trying to pick myself in this moment. So now that it's here, I'm trying to enjoy it and just let so it come. a lot of good things with Tennessee. This is the, the best realistic fit for Tom Brady. I think we all know the history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. This is something that's been going on for years. I've never seen somebody want a quarterback as bad as Kyle Shanahan has. And it was a deal that almost happened, too. There is no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to anticipate that Stephon Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's more right-handed babies. Um. 
That's what happens. It's the best way yeah. to end that. Tom Brady is going to every team. Kirk Cousins is being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Anthony Harris is definitely hitting the market. And uh, Stephon Diggs has not yet been traded, but there were rumors of sorts. And for some reason, there aren't that many left-handed babies, which I think we need a DNAologist to explain that to us. Uh, Courtney, let's talk here before we get into our jobs of talking about the NFL offseason about the latest with coronavirus. The Vikings put out a statement earlier today, um, basically doing the things that everybody else is doing. And it seems like everything is getting sort of brought to a screaming halt in the NFL world, aside from the fact that the league year is going to go on as usual. And it feels like eventually that might change right now. I I do right now. It's business as usual. In the NFL, they have canceled owners meetings, which take place at the end of the month. Um, And outside of, you know, there's about five to eight teams right now, at least to my knowledge, that have pulled their scouts and coaches off of the road from pro days and basically suspended travel for those types of people and indefinitely. Now, the NFL itself has not put out a statement outside of what we know about the owners' meetings. They haven't said, well, we're investigating this, we're keeping an eye on it. I mean, I have not heard from Roger Goodell. I don't know if you have, but it's been radio silence on the end of the NFL commissioner. Uh, and from the league office, they haven't said much just in terms of monitoring things, mm-hmm. keeping an up-to-date mindset on how things might change in a moment's notice. I mean, as we know from yesterday, Rami and I were sitting in here right as the NCAA announced that they are going to host tournament games without fans. That was about 3.30 Central Time, and we obviously know the domino effect that that created. And then the NBA last night suspending its season because Rudy Gobert tests positive for coronavirus. And even today, this morning, all of the college basketball tournaments being canceled. And it does feel like it's inevitable that on this show, we'll find out that the NCAA tournament is canceled. The NFL is kind of held steady in this holding pattern of not saying anything right now because, A, they have the luxury of not having to talk about their season because it's still several months away and they're not playing games. But there are a lot of moving parts right now. The CBA is going to be passed or not passed on Sunday at midnight, essentially. It's at 11.59 p.m. Saturday night. So we find out about that. The new league year starts on Wednesday, and they are moving full steam ahead with that. But it does feel like with all the other things that are happening and the trickle-down effect that we're seeing with people pulling scouts and coaches off the road, the league meetings being canceled, it feels inevitable that the the NFL is going to have to come out and say something or try to at least move free agency back a couple days, which... You know, throw things into a little bit of a tailspin because I don't think people realize, yes, the first wave of free agency with the legal tampering period leading into Wednesday of next week as scheduled is very much like from a it's a remote thing because a lot of that's happening via calls. Um, The free agent visits can't even start until Wednesday. But if you work in a front office, if you are a cap person or a general manager, you need to be face-to-face with your staff during this time. That is what you call essential personnel, which is why you're not seeing the league saying, everybody go home right Right. now, because can you imagine what that would do to the business operation side of the NFL as you're trying to, if, if you were keeping free agency on next Wednesday, 
it makes it it makes it even hard to fathom how you'd get business done. There's millions of dollars at stake here, and I know we are talking about this in a vacuum because there's lives at stake right now, right. which is why you're seeing the NFL. Or excuse me, you're seeing every other league take precautions to suspend their seasons indefinitely and try to figure this out when the virus gets contained. But it's just a really weird time. And I don't think I've ever seen a situation more fluid than this. Oh, for sure. I mean, that could change quickly what they said about keeping the league year starting March 18th. And you have the legal tampering period. You have guys wanting to make visits and everything else. Though I think that where we are in 2020, there are a lot of things like this that can be done aside from medicals, which you need to have your doctors get your hands on a guy. And, and, but, and I didn't even mention the the top 30 visits that are being canceled. A lot of that, yeah. like to clarify, the league has not said no top 30s, no workouts. A lot of that's coming from specific agents saying they've talked with such and such teams these prospects top 30s workouts in-person visits have been canceled i will say that things like that and pro days and everything else nfl people would tell you till the they were blue in the face how much those things matter yes they don't (laughs) they they don't stuff on film it does matter the number one thing it does matter though is for the medicals and the stuff that you can't get at the combine Especially for the prospects who weren't that. invited to the combine. Yeah, I could see that. That, that is huge. And I know that I've seen... And who I've heard, almost never become yes. real NFL players. Yeah. I, I, yes. I've talked with several agents this morning of lower-level prospects that they're mm-hmm. representing guys who are probably going to be priority-free agents, uh, later-round prospects. They're worried about that. They're worried about their guys not having a better, as good of a shot as they might have before, even though it might have appeared to be a long shot. Just because like those were great opportunities for their guys to get in front of teams and, and sell who they are and sell their abilities. But the, the way that I look at it is the, the NFL goes so far over the top with prospects who they got to see play for several years in actual football games and got all of the combine information that they could possibly get. That will make that we always make too much of. This guy did this at his pro mm-hmm. day. We loved this guy at this, and we love this guy at this. That for the most part, the draft anyway is throwing darts, and sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't hit. You could do all your diligence, all your visits, all these other things, and still end up with Laquan Treadwell as a first round pick, and Stephon Diggs is a fifth round pick, yeah. and Daniil Hunter is a third round pick, and so on and so forth. That there have been many studies done on the NFL draft. And this is only if you feel like your team is just getting things worse because they won't be able to get this visitor, that visitor, whatever else, or that pro day, that every study ever done finds that there's no franchise that's better than any other one at drafting. When, of course, you take away the quarterbacks, the teams have gotten lucky, and you look at the distribution of all the other picks and everything else, everybody has their hits, everybody has their misses. The Patriots, who are the best franchise of the last 20 years by far, do not have that superb of a drafting record. And the Vikings are a great example where they know how to spot a seventh rounder who might develop into something, and I think that's a skill that they have. But when you say the draft is mostly random of how it turns out, um, people don't generally like to hear that. But if you're freaking out about pro days and things like that, sorry. Yeah, you might be able to find a diamond in the rough somewhere, but probably things will be just about the same. Uh, by the way, Major League Baseball has now postponed its opening day for two weeks and canceled the rest of spring, spring training. training. So can we get our Zolgad back now? He's been down in spring training. Do we know when is Zolgad coming back? Do you know that, Jonathan? When Judd's going to be back here? Hold on one second. I think he's actually on the line. Oh, really? 
Bring him on. Oh, okay. We well, let's get some Zolgat in our life here. Oh, oh yeah, I'm right here. Oh, okay, Judge. Judd. Uh, Major League hey, Baseball guys. proponent uh, postponing opening day and canceling spring training. Are you getting on a flight then to come back here tomorrow morning? That's my plan. Okay. Well, I, I am sore. I got a full disclosure. I'm a little bit surprised airports are functioning so well mm-hmm. and are. Open. open. So when are I they think, suspending air travel? That's the next thing I think like, that you need to be worried about. Not in any way trying to incite fear and panic, but that feels like the logical next thing if they're trying to contain where people might gather in mass form. Well, and I don't think putting people in what basically amounts to a traveling um, airborne sardine can right now <laughs> is a great idea. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not wishing for my flight to be canceled. I'm just a little bit surprised that that's not the next logical step to say it's a really bad idea to, to have recirculated air and people breathing it constantly uh, on, let's say, three-hour trips. Okay, could be. Um, I just got back from a plane. I feel okay. So hopefully I didn't bring coronavirus with me from Los Angeles. But mm-hmm. uh, Judd, Major League Baseball, though, are they making the right decision to bump things back by two weeks and cancel spring training or what? Uh, my... Initial inclination, being no expert on this entire thing, guys, is this. Absolutely. And, and I think this crossed a threshold last night. Because up until last night, I thought the, the train of thought of mass gatherings of thousands of people to watch sporting events, bad idea right now, right? When Rudy Gobert, though, of the Utah Jazz, was the first player diagnosed with coronavirus, I thought that crossed the line of now there's league-wide panic. Because our players spreading this among themselves, which the answer with the Jazz was, at least in the case of one more player, absolutely. And so I, I think that it's two separate things here. One is not having big gatherings of crowds, and that's a good idea. But the next was, because if you guys, I mean, we all believe that there's at least a couple hockey and baseball players infected that don't know it, right? Oh, of course. Of course, of there, course there are. So, so those, and, and as three people that cover sports... We all know that clubhouses and locker rooms are some of the most germ-infested, disgusting areas. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. No, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And, and the fear is not that Rudy Gobert or, or the first baseball player to be diagnosed at, at the age of 25 is going to die. That's not the fear. The fear is if they're carrying it and spreading it, uh, God forbid, to the 75-year-old clubhouse guy or to their parents or something. And so, yes, I, I think that starting... With taking the NBA's lead right now, even if it's extreme caution and ends up being too much, these leagues are 1,000% making the right call by shutting down for now. Well, what are the Twins doing? I know that uh, the situation that they're in right now, this is all coming out, and it came out a few hours ago, but now that it's official, where are they sending players? Is everybody getting back on the team plane and coming to Minneapolis? How does this work in trying to get guys who... You know, many were brought into camp and might not make the opening day roster. Like, how does this plan work? That is Courtney Cronin, the million dollar question to which we don't know yet what the official answer is going to be. Because this report from Rosenthal just came out and he got it from a source. So the question now is, and here's my guess my guess is, unless they have um, players from teams start to get diagnosed with this, that they're going to keep them in Arizona and Florida, not have them play uh, games in front of fans, but work out, continue to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Because if because baseball's got 
The one thing that baseball has going for it that hockey and basketball lack is they've got a chance, if this does pass within, let's say, the next month, to return to normalcy of their season pretty quickly. Because you could say, and I mean, I'd be fine, if baseball came back and said, we're going to play 144 games. I'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, I would love that. So would I. <laughs> Shorten it even further. Well, that's fine. But hockey and basketball now are, are almost certainly going to have asterisks by their seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because because if they just go from end of the regular season today to playoffs, there's going to be teams being like, well, hold on a second. We almost made the playoffs, and now we got shorted games. Um, but I think baseball is probably not going to play games. My guess is they're going to try and keep teams together to continue in Florida and Arizona to work out. Uh, get through this, and then start to play games. Is two weeks enough pushing back the opening day? It feels like with every other team and every other league saying, we don't know when we're going to pick back up. I mean, that Mark Cuban was even floating, we could be ending this season in August Mm -hmm. or something like that. It feels like two weeks is just not quite enough. The NBA has already said for at very, very least 30 days we're off, and then we'll see after that. I guess this is probably a floating thing, though, Judd. I agree completely. I I think two weeks is a pie-in-the-sky date that they pick to say, we'll be back pretty soon, right? Uh, But yeah, I think that this is none of us and sports leagues and executives and owners hate this. None of us know where this is going, and not one of us has control. This is not a thing, so you can't really say, well, we'll just push her back for two weeks and we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I think that that is done to say, hey, we'll be back soon, and it's the start of baseball season. But if if baseball does not play a game again for a month and a half or something, if they don't play again until May, you can't say, I'm shocked by that. It might be their way of trying to not incite panic further. Too, sure. Because I think you say two weeks, people think, okay, the virus will be contained, and we don't know. We're not scientists. I think that's the thing that's interesting because this is happening surrounding the sports world. At the, the sports world's at the center of it to a degree, and I realize I'm looking at it through that lens. This is a worldwide pandemic, but you're asking sports people who are sports people to have yes. information about a serious medical crisis that we're facing on a worldwide global scale right now um so i i get why you don't say indefinitely because that sounds a little scary where it sounds more to the to the tone of this could be a couple months before sports come back and um i'm interested because i you know i'm I'm going through this whole thing last night as i ordered probably my last pizza for a while (laughs) because i'm gonna hold myself in my house or maybe it'll actually be one of many um as all this was unfolding last night, Judd, my brain, for whatever reason, went to 9-11 once the sports world yep. stopped immediately. Yep. Um, and, and planes were grounded. And I just remember how eerie of a time that was for for a two-week period. We didn't have anything. Do you remember what that was like? I mean, you're obviously, you were obviously on radio back then. I was just a child. But what was that like? And do you feel like that's going <laughs> to be like... Me. I'm sorry, Judd. I had to do it. Um, no, it's okay. Do you feel like that's what this is going to be like for the next few weeks? So it's weird. Um, that day in, in particular, and I was 31 at, at the time, and I was at the Star Tribune on the copy desk and doing the uh, sports radio TV column back then, you guys. And that day was such a, just a literal punch to the jaw. I mean, it was so upsetting. And, and it, it did then start this sort of weird uh, post-9-11 world where, to Courtney's point, they didn't play sports, the World Series got backed up, all that stuff. Um, but that was such a gut punch, right? I mean, it was the country had been attacked, and it was so upsetting, and we didn't understand it. 
Um, this is eerier in some ways, uh, it, it, because it doesn't. To me, this doesn't feel nearly as much of a punch in the jaw. Uh, but there are parallels in the sense that it is weird and eerie. And the difference with this one was was September 11th was awful. But as we started to distance ourselves from that day, there was a rallying around the country, right? And we sort of started to get back to things. And you so you sort of could see the puzzle coming back together of how things were going to work to a large degree. This one is, is, and I think this is why people are scared and angry and mad, because they can't, con- because there's such an unknown here, right? Like, we're talking about baseball. Could, you know, regular season, at least two weeks, but it could be a month. It could be two months. And, and so the recovery from the events in September of 2001 were very difficult, but you could sort of chart out that recovery this one, the only people who might have any idea, guys, are, to Courtney's point, scientists and doctors. And, and to circle back to, and the two of you will know exactly what I'm saying, to circle back to the most interesting thing for me in watching this one is the one thing, and this is true of the Vikings, this is true of every professional sports league, executive, manager, and or coach. They can't take when they lose control completely, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, they have lost all control. Ordinarily, if things go wrong in sports, coaches or GMs, executives get ticked off, but then they try and rein things back in, and it's their ball game again. This one's not. This one, there is a very select group of people telling them what's what and what they must do, and they have lost total control. And I'm not saying that's good. It's just so interesting to watch because we all know this is a group of people who hate to lose control sure and in the nfl world i think that the uncertainty because the league has not put out a statement requiring 32 teams to do xyz that's why i feel like there's a lot of confusion there's meetings upon meetings happening right now where people just don't know what the answer is because they're not hearing it from the head office in New York City. I mean, we were hearing random reports earlier this morning that the league office is telling people to work from home. But what does that mean for teams like the Minnesota Vikings here locally? What does that mean for other franchises? The Eagles say that they're shutting down their facility and telling people to work from home today and tomorrow. But the league here, everything, the beat goes on. I mean, people are still planning that next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, the new year, new league year starts. Um, and it's tough because if you don't push free agency back, you're expecting people to remain in the business as usual mindset. Well, how do you do that amid all of the chaos and confusion that's going on elsewhere and other leagues are postponing their either championships or the start of the season, everything else? And, and, and the NFL is kind of this outlier where there's so much uncertainty because the league has not made a statement outside of canceling the owners' meetings. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Can they can they actually quarantine people and do, you know, st- start free agency and things with FaceTiming? And I <laughs> Everybody think they, to the war I think room. They can. Everybody quarantine in the bunker. I'm, I honestly I'm think, dead that serious. They, I think that it will be mostly fine. I mean, there are some medicals that you would want to get from people, but aside right. from that, I mean, you can probably wait. Most free agents, if they miss the mini camp or something, it's not going to be a big deal if they mm-hmm. have to wait on uh, when they can safely go and, and do their visits, if that's what they really want to do. But aside from that, these teams should already know what their plans are 98% by the time we get True. to the next week. But here's here's the caveat of that. Like 
I what I think should happen is all non-essential NFL personnel, meaning marketing, graphics people, PR people, um, anything non-football operations, they should be allowed to work from home. But to to say that contracts are very confusing, putting them in the system takes a lot of time, and those things take a lot of time to process. To say that it would be seamless to be on a conference call as you're trying to negotiate million-dollar deals next week, I think is just so far-fetched, and it makes the process that much harder of why it makes sense. And I, and I know that we need to keep health in the forefront here, but I'm trying to explain how difficult this process is from a front office perspective to get these deals done when you're not next to your general manager and your cap guy and all in the same room working through it together. So this comes from Ben Fisher of Sports Business Journal. He tweets, a frustrated NFL team source just told me there has been zero communication from headquarters on coronavirus plans, changes, slash protocols. And I guess I'm not super shocked. Judd, don't you think we're really seeing which sports leagues are organized and have good leadership and which don't? Yes, absolutely. And and But here, here's my thing, because the NBA probably is the best league going, right? I mean, as far as being run, progressive. The one thing is they, they lead the pack, but they lead the pack only because they had a player diagnosed with this virus. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm surprised that football is not at least providing more direction. I, I would think that, that this would be a very good time, and I get that they're, they have the advantage of not playing. Um, but this would be a very good time, I think, to provide as much direction as possible. And the one thing that you could talk about as far as the league year starting next week and perhaps bumping that back is appropriateness too, right? Is this the appropriate time to do it? Yeah. Because I'm with Collar. I think they could pull it off. But the uncertainty with which the three of us sit here talking today sure makes me feel like it might be appropriate to be like, well, you know what, let's push it back a week and see how things are going. Well, I think the hard part here, too, to stomach is that sports are our escape. But now they're being in a, essentially taken away from people. And we're kind of left here, you know, with sand in our hands figuring out, well, what do we do next? Like, that's the scary part. There is no next step that we know of. There's no clear direction. Dane Brugler says NFL teams have already reached out to prospects and their representation about using FaceTime or Skype to conduct interviews. So it yep. seems like they're going to be the way it's uh, trending. using a lot of data on their phones or uh, make sure they're connected to the Wi-Fi. I will say this, guys. One week from now, that's going to be the only ball game in town. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that's all we're going to be talking about. And, and it's a big deal to start with. But can you imagine if nobody else, and they won't be, Nobody else is doing anything? Whew. Yeah, it's going to be... Is, um, which is why, to me, this feels like it's trending towards the NFL having to put out some sort of statement here suspending operations. It feels like it's inevitable, but so far, it's business as usual. All right, uh, Judd, appreciate you jumping on. If sure. you uh, missed the news, Major League Baseball bumping back the start of its season by two weeks and suspending play on spring training. So let's let's put our reckless hats on and speculate and have a little fun NFL talk here because coronavirus has just taken over our lives for the last two days. So Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus is going to come on next. Of course, we'll ask him what he thinks about how this could all affect the NFL, but also want to ask him about what the Vikings' plan should be. Assuming this goes forward and assuming that there is free agency and it starts on March 18th, 
then what will they be thinking? What should they be thinking about rebuilding certain parts of their roster? Well, let's discuss it when we come back with Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus on Purple Daily. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You are listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North mobile app. Plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally, but nationally as well. If you missed it last segment, Major League Baseball delaying the start of their season by two weeks. Minnesota Vikings have also suspended all travel for coaches and scouts. Major League Baseball, or sorry, I mentioned Major League Baseball. The Minnesota State High School League is permitting a limited number of spectators for the remaining boys and girls state tournament games. Also, MLS has suspended its season, according to Sports Illustrated, and the MLS now making that official. Minnesota United FC was scheduled to open its home opener on Sunday at Allianz Field. That will no longer take place. Minnesota Wild canceled morning skate media availability on Thursday. NHL cancel or postponing their season for 30 days as well. There's a running list of all the cancellations so far over at scorenorth.com. For a complete list, visit scorenorth.com. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you very much, Jonathan, Matthew Collar, and Courtney Cronin. And joining us from Pro Football Focus is Eric Eager, a data scientist, PhD. Does this mean you're smart about coronavirus? Well, one of the, the projects I used to do with, uh, when I was a mathematical biologist was epidemiology and vaccines and stuff. So this is kind of uh, kind of down, up, up my alley a little bit. I'm glad I got uh, extra cans of corn in the house, I guess. <laughs> so short answer, yeah, you are a doctor, so... and you're going to tell us everything's going to be fine, right? Uh, <laughs> when my wife asked me the same question, I said, well, and she goes, just say yes. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if, um, you know, I do think we're taking correct steps now. Obviously, we probably should have a couple weeks ago, but um, there's not a whole lot we can do now than what we're doing, so. Well, one thing that, uh, you know, I don't want to make light of anything like this, but I do find to be funny is people who want to out-tough the virus. Like, I'm going to go out there and live my life, and I'm going to go to sporting events where there are people who could definitely give me the virus and I could give it to other people who could die. And you're like, are you sure? And I kept thinking about, like, what other sports and football opinions that guy has. Like, that guy wants his middle linebacker to weigh 260 pounds. You know, that guy thinks if you run 30 times, Times you win. This guy <laughs> right. would be in favor of paying Dalvin Cook yes. fifteen million dollars yes, a year on a contract at all running backs. Well, yeah, it's interesting because last week I, I wrote about how defense is sort of fragile in the sense that it's like the lower tier players, and it's very much like you know how you know you you look at you know a guy trying to come back from injury and play through like a like a sprained ankle, and he he makes the player next to him worse, and he makes the player next to him worse, and it, it's kind of a nice analogy for what we have right now, which is. You know, you might be you might be healthy or you might be sick, but like you're 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 making it worse for everybody around you if you don't go through the protocol. Right, for sure. So let's talk some football because we'll wait on more news from the NFL. Right now, they are going on their way about free agency, and that's what I wanted to initially discuss with you, Eric. Is we're getting closer to 
I think, free agency starting and us finally getting an idea of what direction the Minnesota Vikings should go. So let me ask you this. Instead of who should they sign, who should they not keep? If you look at who they still have on the roster right now, how they can potentially create cap space. You have your Xavier Rhodes, your Riley Reef, your Linval Joseph. Like, what would be the plan? How much cap space would you want to try and create? Which players might you move out? Like, what should the approach be? Because even if you do create cap space, you have a ton of your own free agents that you have to try and keep and, and re-sign. And then you have a, a, even more spaces to fill if you get rid of those players that you currently have. So what is what is your sense for how they should go about um, deciding who to cut that is on the current roster? Yeah, well, and even just looking at who to, to retain, like I, I'm very, very curious as to what the market would be for Trey Waynes. Um, because if he gets offered, you know, in, in sort of, I kind of think, other than Byron Jones, a weak cornerback class, if he gets offered, like, Trumaine Johnson money, that Vikings should absolutely let him go. Because I think anything above sort of a mid-tier contract, they're going to be very disappointed in him uh, because I don't think he can produce at that level. Obviously, Xavier Rhodes is somebody they, they should probably let go, given his price tag and how just physically unfit he looked last year, uh, you know. And then, I don't know, I mean, honestly, the, the Everson Griffin thing, it's like, it depends upon what his contract is, but at anything more, you know similar to what he's making right now, I don't know if he's going to be able to produce the type of value there. So on the defensive side of the ball, it's tough because they're probably it's probably the right move to let a lot of players go, and yet it's going to leave their defense with a lot less depth and a lot less than what they had going into even last season. Courtney, I want to ask you a question, and then I want Eric you to react to her answer. Uh, Mike Zimmer going to the podium in Indy to say that Everson Griffin was definitely coming back. Well, they expect him to come back. Yeah, but you know, in Zimmer language, like, he's coming back. What did you make of that? I mean, is that like, was it too, it sort of sat with me as too aggressive because there's reason for both the team and Everson Griffin to not be back. Well, I've been looking around the league. I've been talking with people, and I know that Everson wants to be back here. It's just, it, what does it come down to? Like any situation, it comes down to financials. If he has a chance to test the market in free agency, if he's hearing from his agent, yeah, the market is XYZ for you. You're going to get more if you go to Seattle. You're going to get more if you go to another team that needs an edge rush. And the reason I said Seattle is just obviously with the connection with Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. that was the first team off top of my head. Sure, at least it's a, enticing, but... The way that I view the Everson Griffin situation, Linville Joseph, because I thought I was going to get, I'm going to ask Eric a question about the defensive line next, because it could look very, very different than it does right now, Mm -hmm. at least the unit that we've seen for the last few years. His best situation is here in Minnesota, coming upon 33 years old this season. He had a chance to do this last year. I say, look at the track record. He could have been a free agent last year and gone to test the market um, at that point. And what happens if you do get that big payday and you don't perform at the level? You're out of the league, probably. There's no second chance at that point. So I feel like following suit here is where all things align because he's never been with another franchise. He knows this defense inside and out. He knows what his role is. They know what his role is. I think that's why Zimmer seems so confident. I didn't read it as Zim tipping his hand one way or the other towards, hey, we actually think he's going to enter free agency. This is our you know, ploy to keep him here. I think that Griffin wants to be in Minnesota because he's smart enough to know that this is his best fit. And going elsewhere, you're starting over at a season when you turn 33 years old. Not saying that he couldn't do it, but realistically speaking, in, the way, in his relationship with the team, he loves Andre Patterson. He wants to be here. 
Uh, Eric, smart idea to sign Everson Griffin back. Well, I think it's smart for Everson Griffin to want to return, as Courtney said. I mean, you look at, you know, he was drafted in the fourth round with a lot of, quote, character issues that people thought of, and the Vikings nurtured him to a starting caliber player, then signed him to a huge deal before he had had, he started maybe one game his entire career. Then last, you know, 2018, he had, he had the off the field issues and they hung with him around that. I can see why Griffin wants to be in Minnesota. The, the flip side of it is, the, and maybe this has changed now if Dom Scapers comes in, they use a lot more rotations in Green Bay. But Zimmer has not been as uh, quick to rotate defensive linemen. Uh, you know, and Griffin, so if he comes in and plays, he might, like, he might be more effective as a 400 snap pass rusher than he would be in his customary role in Minnesota. Are they going to be able to be pliable to that situation? Now, having a Fadi Adetabo, some young guys that they've, that they've uh, helped emerge helps that. But to me, like, that's the perfect situation for Griffin. I agree with Courtney that for him, it makes a lot of sense to stay in Minnesota. The only reason I could see him leaving, though, is the fact that aside from Chase Young, the edge draft class is extremely weak and in free agency there's like sort of a top tier group of, of edge players that are going to get paid a lot and then there's everson griffin there a team might be like oh well he might be worth you know seven to ten million twelve million a year we don't have to pay the 15 to 20 for some of the you know the jay beyond clownies of the world griffin sort of fits in well there but i agree i think he comes back to minnesota for his own sake as it pertains to the defensive line in free agency, that feels like one of the more populated groups, particularly on the interior of guys who could go on and make money uh, this period. I mean, it's it's a bad class for wide receivers, as we know. As you said earlier, it's not a very populated group for cornerbacks, but for defensive tackles on that side of it, it's not a bad group. It's pretty it's pretty populated. For free agency. For free agency. Yeah. Um, how do you think Linville Joseph factors into that? I'm not saying he's a free agent yet. Uh, he has a high cap hit. Numbers 11.15 million this season. The Vikings, that's a very, very high number for them to pay for somebody whose production has trailed off the last few years. He's on the other side of 30. Uh, and at this point, even Mike Zimmer said last year, was talking about playing Linville less. Could he have a market as a true nose tackle? I mean, he's not going to be playing three technique for you. We know what his role is, especially in the Vikings defense uh, and even how they struggled to stop the run. And that was his big thing. You know, that was why he was signed as such a priority free agent in Mike Zimmer's first wave of free agency in 2014. Um, Could he have a market? Could you see a situation where he could end up somewhere else and actually be making close to what he's making now if indeed the Vikings said, hey, we need you to take a restructure, pay cut, and if they did part ways? I mean, I think it's really tough because the the league is trending more towards the Chris Joneses of the world, the Fletcher Coxes, the Aaron Aaron Donald's good at everything, but you know, the pass rush guy that the John Randall, you know, old Vikings lure, sort of smaller guys that sort of maybe tackle the running back on the way to the quarterback, but are really trying to get after the quarterback on the interior. The Vikings already showed in the playoff game against New Orleans. They can approximate that with their two starting defensive ends, which was kind of cool to see. Um, Linval, I think the hard part with him is I don't think it's all his fault. You know, when, when he was next to the Tom Johnson's, the, uh, uh, the Sheldon Richardson's of the world, you know, they, uh, before him, Sharif Floyd, like, he was a very good pass rushing nose as long as there was another interior player that was able to get some, some heat. Uh, with Shamar stepping next to him, he's a sole focus. Some physical declines in him and it doesn't, it doesn't add up really well. So I, I think, yeah, I think the Vikings would probably be smart to get, let him go as long as they could find a replacement. And there are some good, like young, like Javon Hargrave and, you know, 
that are available. Uh, DJ Reader, that's in, but those guys might be paid too much too. It's just but there, there's options available for Minnesota should they want to take them. And I think the league is sort of moving away from the Linville Josephs, unfortunately for him, uh, to where I don't think his market's going to be good as good on the open market. So if they offer him a restructure, he might be smart to take it. Talking with Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus. As we discuss this, something keeps coming into my mind, Eric, is should we be critical of how the Vikings handled their last offseason? Because they are in the place with all the players that they decided to keep and not move on from and not trade and not create cap space with exactly the place that we thought they would be. And this includes signing Anthony Barr to a huge contract where we said, look, Anthony Barr is a good player and he's integral to what... Uh, Mike Zimmer wants to do, but he's not a player worth a $12.7 million cap hit this year. And with Xavier Rhodes, the dip was pretty clear at the end of the 2018 season, and yet they bring him back, and he was very expensive last year. And and Linval Joseph, the same thing, where it was injuries have built up, and the nose tackle isn't as important as it used to be. And even when Joseph was out, it wasn't a huge difference with Jaleel Johnson. I, I wonder if... We've sort of just moved on from last season and put that, uh, you know, in the bank and started to move forward with free agency. We haven't really gone back and said, did they hurt themselves last off season? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it sucks. It sucks because like they're they're good at so many things, right? The, the contract they gave Danelle Hunter is a steal. The contract they gave Stephon Diggs is a steal. They do a lot of things well, and then sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot, like with the bar contract. You put the bar contract on top of Eric Hendricks' contract. Now, I know he's earning it currently. That's $22.5 million in traditional linebackers per season in a league that most a lot of teams play dime you know, almost 40% of the time. You don't even need that, that second player so much. And, and, yes, as you said, like the Kansas City Chiefs wanted – they, they wanted Xavier Rhodes. The Vikings were you know sort of too tied to him to let him go. Um, and then, you know, not, not getting a, a year ahead of the Anthony Harris thing probably bit them as well because he turned out, took a great second half of 2018, turned it into like an all-pro 2019. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things I think that, they, that, that we can be critical of them for. Another one of them, of course, is instead of sort of looking at, you know, they drafted Mike Hughes in 2018, they still needed cornerback in 2019, and they sort of let, I don't know what it'd be, like the narrative or whatever, uh, get around them drafting what would have been the best cornerback in the draft at the time, whether it be Rocky Austin, uh, DeAndre Baker, anything like that. I think they probably would prefer to have him over Ga- Gra- uh, Gradbury right now. So that that's a really, I don't know, it was a tough offseason for them, and unfortunately they've always sort of been good at patching things up, but at some point the bill comes due. I want to circle back to what you said at the top of uh, the segment with Xavier Rhodes and, you know, people, should they stay, should they go, and him being one that you kind of look at immediately just based on what's happened and the decline physically the last two seasons and think, yeah, you can get some cap savings. Yes, you incurred dead cap, but to move on might be the best for both parties. Well, what if they can't afford to keep Trey Waynes? What if he decides to, or what if the market decides for him that he should be in that Tremaine Johnson or even in the Marcus Peters category where he's upwards of $15, $16 million a year player? And what if they can't keep Mackenzie Alexander, who might want to test the market as an outside corner, maybe play the role that he's always wanted to play? Never seems Um, super thrilled here. So Also. Can you fathom having an entire new group of starting corners, or at that point, if you know that both Waynes and Alexander and Anthony Harris are out the door, that you say, okay, we will stick around with Xavier Rhodes, he's already under contract, and use him more in a rotational basis? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had him as below a practice squad player last season in terms of value. So, in some ways, I, I think that the only way that I think that that's pal- palpable for the Vikings is if they use him in some sort of role where you know you look at Kansas City this year, they played a lot of zone, they did a lot of things that I think that hid their cornerback. That's really tough to do, and it's not necessarily something that Zimmer. Uh, wants to do. I think, you know, back to the Dallas game, Mike Hughes starts for, for Trey Waynes and he lets, he lets him get targeted 17, 18 times. Like, I fear that if, if Rhodes, you have a plan where he plays, you know, three, four hundred snaps in a season and then Holt Hill gets hurt or suspended or somebody else, you know, the guy that you draft or sign gets hurt and he's playing 750 snaps and you have nowhere to hide. Uh, that's really the tricky part with Rhodes is that I think the breaking point is really close to where we're at currently and the Vikings defense has way too much invested in the other spots to sort of put it all on that, you know, put it all on his plate to be at least average for them to be successful. Eric, I really feel like you have presented the problems, but not the solutions here in your uh, appearance. Can you, can you give us some solutions? <laughs> I mean, do I agree with everything you said, obviously, but do you have some thoughts I, on filling these spots and where you should go free agency specifically. And should it be the approach of wait till week three of free agency, as opposed to chase this guy or chase that guy. And is there anyone that you might suggest as a sort of, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel, but under the radar that might be a, a Vikings fit. Yep. So th- here's one that I've, I've said that has been unpopular, but I, I want to throw this out there. I think the Vikings should trade Harrison Smith. Um, and the reason I, and then they should, and I don't know if this is feasible with, with the way J. Ron Kirst feels about the Vikings, but I think that they should trade Harrison Smith, retain Anthony Harris, and rebuild their defense with what would likely be an end of the first round, early second round draft pick. Um, because to me, they're not only, ha- they have, their issue are, is not defensively, is not star talent, but is depth. And the only way that you can get, you know, it, it, depth is to accumulate draft picks at this point. Uh, I think Smith is still really good. I think the rest of the league thinks he's really good, and hence he'll get a ton for him. I think in a trade, Janelle uh, Hunter is another one. I know. I know Phil talked about you know trading him and a draft pick for the Tua pick. I People think that were would very be, upset, and and I think that would be a steal for the Vikings if they were to get that. So that's to me is like how to use their actual assets on offense. There's a free agent that I talked about today on my podcast, and, and it's Rashad Perriman. I think that. The Vikings really need to go out there and get a third wide receiver um, so that their offense is, is more basically stable with respect to injuries to either Diggs, who's had a lot of them in his career, none last year, or Thielen, who had none early in his career and a lot last year. Um, I, think that, I think that if they, to your point about their third wide receiver last year, that was one place they sorely missed on offense, and I think it could put them over the top and make their defense less of an issue because they're scoring more points. Well, I definitely think that we need to further discuss the the trade stuff here on the show because it does feel like in order to fill all the positions you have to fill that a trade of someone would make a lot of sense. And, yes, people were very upset online that Daniil Hunter's name was even brought up. But, Eric, I mean, when you look at what quarterback means to a team, there's uncertainty with Kirk Cousins. We haven't heard anything in terms of them getting an extension done for Cousins. And even though people would freak out at trading a defensive player, in some ways you have to cut the cord with some guys who are getting older or who have trade value to ultimately give yourself a better chance down the road. Yeah, I mean, the classic story is Herschel Walker, right? When Jimmy Johnson wanted to trade Herschel Walker, they said to him, he's your only good player. And he's like, yeah, that's the point. I don't have any other good players. I need to get, 
I need to get a lot of good players in order. And I know the Vikings aren't in that those dire of straits. But in their secondary, as you guys have pointed out, like they're, they're three or four players in their secondary away. And Harrison Smith can go from being one of those players to two of those players. Uh, that's really helpful, especially if it gives them the money to retain Anthony Harris, who has certainly blossomed in Zimmer's defense and I think probably has at least some sort of uh, you know, feelings towards you know the way that that defense has enhanced his skills. So, okay, last thing for you is when you want to tell someone to have good luck not getting a pandemic virus, what do you say? Like, Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Like, uh, buy some toilet paper. What's the toilet paper thing? I, don't I just know. don't understand. Don't like, it's it. not, you can't clean with that. I think it's just hoarding. Yeah. I think, yes. And so the, the story that I went to Indiana to both cash a sports betting ticket and then buy food, I figured... <laughs> You know, Mike Pence's Indiana would be the least prepared out of all these, the tri-state area. So I went there to buy all my food and my, my extra supplies. And it was strange, like, tuna was, was in huge supply, which seems like a pretty solid uh, item right now. Toilet paper, not so much. Hmm. So it, it was a strange one. I always go with, yeah, stay safe. I don't shake their hand, though, when I do it. El- right. Elbow bump. Isn't um, that the new thing we're all doing? Just a wave is fine, or maybe a head nod. A very strong head nod. We're, daps are out of the question for the next... They're out of the question indefinitely. Yeah, I would say so. Daps well, and that's, bro hugs. That's actually better for us. Uh, Eric, well, stay safe out there in virus land, and we appreciate your time. As always, we'll do it again soon, man. All right, take care. Thanks for having me. Yep, for sure. Uh, let's talk for three minutes before the break, and then we've got other stuff to get to, like a draft sim, um, about the idea of trading someone. Now, I feel like even hesitant to say out loud trade Harrison Smith because Mike Zimmer might blow through the door and harm me. But More so than the Daniil Hunter potential I, proposed trade that Phil made. I think so. I, think I mean, that, Harrison is a future Hall of Famer. I think he would be more upset about suggesting to trade Harrison Smith, then a defensive end, because he's developed defensive ends. But Harrison Smith is a player you cannot find. Mm -hmm. That there are three or four safeties in the NFL as good as Harrison Smith, and everyone who plays next to him is gold. However, that's the reason to trade him. (laughs) And that's the reason to trade Hunter. Not that they're going to do it, but philosophically speaking, you have to trade valuable stuff to get good stuff back. Remember the days of, can we trade Treadwell for a starting left guard? Like, no. Oh, that was only a year ago. You know the other team wants to win two, right? You know that trades involve a trade partner, and you can't just send somebody off into the ether and accept some, expect something will come back. Well, that's part of the reason that I don't think a Stefan Diggs trade is completely off the table. And I've said that no matter what Rick Spielman said, and he did the right thing at the Combine by shutting that down and saying, you know, there's no reason to think he wouldn't be on the roster. Of course not, because they have all the leverage there. But if they see an opportunity or a window to upgrade the roster by unloading one of their star players and getting a nice haul back, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, and that's that position specifically, because we know how poor the wide receiver free agent class looks right mm-hmm. now. He would be... The top one on the market, probably. He he would. I am still very much against anything that has Stefan Diggs leaving because of his positional value. Mm-hmm. I think with players on the defensive side, I just look at them differently than I do with wide receivers or quarterbacks. Where if you were to tell me any defensive player in the league for Stefan Diggs, I'm like, no. 
Not a chance. I just think Stephon Diggs is more valuable to winning football games than any defensive player in the entire NFL. You could tell me, well, what about Nick Bosa? Or what about this guy? What about that? No, no, no. I I really think a top 10 wide receiver is just top 15 wide receiver is more valuable in terms of winning than every single defensive player in the entire NFL. So I would not want to do that. But if you flip that around its head and you tell me I can trade a defensive player for my future quarterback or you or I could trade him for a number 3 wide receiver or I could trade him for a first round pick that I desperately need for my team to fill out spots like if I'm trading away let's say you're trading away Harrison Smith just from the crazy most reckless speculation that they would not do but it makes sense in this world that if you trade him for a first round pick and then you draft a tackle and a corner as two first rounders you probably get more value out of those two players than what you get out of Harrison Smith, who is, even though great, and like you said, I agree, future Hall of Famer, he is on the wrong side of where football players are at their greatest. Well, yeah, and I think that if you are in, you got to commit to rebuild mode, though, at that point, and concede totally agree, yeah. that you are not going to be a very active team in terms of fighting for a playoff spot next year. Maybe you'd be a wild card round and done. But to me, if you're making a, if you were making something that drastic where you'd be unloading a Daniil Hunter or in your situation, which will never happen, but the Harrison Smith trade that would bring you that draft capital, you're thinking for the future. And that's fine. But you're also thinking that Mike Zimmer's not around to see all that thing, to see that through. So why would he agree to it? Yeah. And that's the thing is I've always wondered where everyone stands in the front office versus in the coaching staff and how much power Mike Zimmer has in all of mm-hmm. this. Because if it's Mike Zimmer and you say, hey, look, we can trade Harrison Smith, get whatever. Let's just I'll throw out a random number. The 15th pick in the draft or 17th pick in the draft. We could trade those two first rounders and a second next year for number two and get Tua. Let's just say Mike is going to go. Uh, no. What? Trade who? Harrison Smith? I don't think so. Where anyone who has their sights set on the future of the quarterback position, because that is ultimately what determines your success as a franchise, is going to say, mm, not a bad idea. And, and I mean, there's more ways, too. If you're going to essentially burn it all down and try to start over and say, hey, the Kirk Cousins era, we concede it's over, then you need there. there's more than just getting a new quarterback. I think there's a lot of ways that you can... In a way, not tank, but at least unload parts of your roster. Stop paying guys just out of loyalty and the way that they've done this in the past and try to rebuild it from there. Right. I, I think it really depends on are you looking toward 2021, 2022, or 2020? And they're, both approaches are justifiable. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's one world that Eric Eager is presenting that says, you know, you can have a pretty good 2021 situation potentially. Or you could put yourself in a much more difficult 2021 if you go for it this year. So let's continue the conversation. Also a draft sim, uh, but I want to get to next. There are no sports on now. There's no baseball that's going to start right away. And there are some people suggesting that the two-week thing, two-week pushing back opening day, is just a soft way to get into a a longer uh, stoppage in baseball. Just like Judd said. Right. And uh, you've got no hockey, you've got no basketball, so I've got suggestions of football things on YouTube that you can watch. So I'm going to run a few by you. Uh, when we return, I'll, I'll, I'll read you what I've recently watched on YouTube here on the show. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North. You're listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North mobile app. 
plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally, but nationally as well. We have a full list of them over at scorenorth.com. Some of them include Major League Baseball postponing opening day by two weeks and canceling spring training effective immediately. The NHL and Major League Soccer announcing that they're postponing their seasons for 30 days' time. Again, a full and complete list of all the cancellations and postponements over at scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. And we've been coming up with some ideas and some thoughts of things to do uh, involving the NFL while all other sports are basically shutting down. I think it's only a matter of time before the NCAA says no March Madness. And the ACC now is saying that they are pulling all teams from NCAA sponsored events. So it's an entire conference is telling you that they're not going to be in your tournament. Uh, You just can't have it. We have have an hour left of the show. Do we think that the NCAA is going to make a statement before then? Because clearly everyone's following each other's lead here, Yeah, which is interesting why the NFL hasn't, but that's a different subject. But in college sports, it's one tournament being canceled. Five minutes later, we find out the Big Ten, you know, pulls players off Mm -hmm. the floor and they go back to the locker room. This feels inevitable. By the end of the show, or at least by the end of Mackie and Judd with Rami, which yes, uh, is four to six know. every day, my guess is that the NCAA says we're not playing the NCAA tournament because if you're having whole conferences pull out all of their athletes, then how are you going to have it? Uh, Duke and Kansas have already said they're not going to send their players. You're not going to have the tournament without Kansas and Duke, right? I and, mean, and now the entire ACC, right, which is a lot of schools, you're yeah. not going to have them either. So you're not going to have March Madness, at least on time. You are not going to have the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and I mean, March into April is about the best time in the world for sports, and now it is becoming uh, a complete dead period. It's going to feel like it's the middle of June at this point. So we have some things that you can do with football, other than recklessly speculate. I mean, last segment, we were talking about trading Harrison Smith. So, I mean, that's how level of reckless we get right before free agency starts. You can draft some. And I encourage everyone to daily draft sims, maybe even do it two or three times a day if you're working from home and you just need a break. I was on vacation, and I got no less than a dozen draft sims from people in my Twitter every day. You guys are great. Those of you who listen to the show regularly and have sent us your draft sims asking for a grade, keep doing it because we're going to need something to do here in a short period of time. Obviously, free agency will keep us preoccupied, but then there's that dead period before the draft, which... I think it's fair to assume right now, while the NFL has not come out with anything saying that they're going to change the draft, have it go to a TV-only format like Major League Baseball, even conference call, uh, like the old AFL days, I feel like the draft as we know it, with fans and the the pomp and circumstance and the big party surrounding it, almost feels inevitable, like it's not going to happen in that way. Yeah, I don't see them taking the little boat or whatever that they had planned for all the first-round picks over to the podium. No, I, I totally agree with you that that's going to change, but we will still have our regular offseason. It appears, we'll see what happens, mm-hmm. but it appears that we'll have the free agency and the draft and so forth, and then we'll continue to do what we do here, recklessly speculating, but... 
If you have time, you can draft sim. You can also do what I do on a regular basis because of a lack of social life is watch old games on YouTube. So you at ESPN, you're going to have all sorts of space to fill with the NBA and the women's Mm -hmm. tournament is on ESPN, takes up a ton of time on the air. My suggestion is to replay either just old games like best of old NFL games or replay the entire 1996 season with NFL prime times that go along with them because it was at its peak. So I'm going to run through just some of the games that I have been watching recently on YouTube that are great and you can watch them at home. Okay, Vikings Bears from 2008. Now this would not be a game that anyone would remember in particular. It wasn't a playoff game or anything like that, but... Once upon a time, Gus Farratt and Kyle Orton got in a shootout early in the season between the Bears and the Vikings, and the Bears won 48-41, to Kyle Orton beating Gus Farratt in a shootout. So I watched that one on YouTube, and Kyle Orton, man, had a day. Our buddy Gus he Farratt. Great, he had a great neck beard. He really did. Did he have the neck beard at the time? Let me look here. Or did he have maybe a mustache? No, he had he had neck beard going on at the time. Kyle Orton. Uh, I also watched 1990 Houston Oilers against Cincinnati Bengals wild card game. 90 Bengals, very good at football. This is what you're going to have to do, people. <laughs> uh, but you know what's great about watching the old games is you see like. Here, So Warren Moon is hurt in this game, and it's Cody Carlson as their starting quarterback for Houston, and they're running the run-and-shoot. And listening to the announcers talk about the run-and-shoot offense against Sam Weish's up-tempo, no-huddle, here's Boomer Esiason, and you have, uh, who is the guy that, that had the, the Icky Woods with the Icky Shuffle, and he's scoring touchdowns and stuff. All these old things that you forget about that were awesome in the NFL, you run across just perusing YouTube. Go type in a game that you remember. I guarantee you'll find it. And just one more that I really loved. Randall Cunningham had this insane comeback in 1989 against Washington where they were down something like 25 points, and he throws for over 400 yards and brings them back. His Capital City Comeback is what it was called. So, like, look these things up and have fun with them because that's what I like to do. Well, the fun, the interesting thing is going to be as as this becomes, I mean, it's always going to be a news story, but as we have less news things to talk about of leagues canceling games and, um, you know, the NFL and free agency, I mean, the NFL, if it goes on as expected for next week, it's the only show in town. It's the only thing that's on TV. And I don't know if that's lost on the league at all. I don't think it is. And I'm not trying to be crass about that, but I do think it will certainly help uh the viewership and, and and spiking ratings for the NFL season should it be played out in 2020. But eventually, we're not going to be talking about this with a news peg assigned to it. Like, in sports talk radio, and I, and I brought up with, with Judd the 9-11 comparison, and in no way am I comparing a terrorist attack that killed over 2,500 people to what we're going through right now. I mean, not saying one's worse than the other. One feels a little bit more eerie than mm-hmm. the other with the coronavirus because there's no end date of right. when these things are happening. It all feels very indefinite. I remember being in Chicago at the time and listening to sports talk radio, being like, well, what are they talking about? And after a while... It becomes less of the, well, this happened and this is what the leagues are doing, and you're kind of trying to figure out what your content is. So 
I would anticipate, I know we were laughing about it, this is the time where you get the hot topics out and where you're debating, should student athletes be paid by the NCAA and should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame and, oh, and things yeah. like that. Like That's what's, what's going to be dominating sports talk radio and the airwaves as we try to give people something to listen to. So I think... In a way, we'd love to hear from you uh, about what you'd like to hear Vikings content-related-wise, NFL-related content that you want us to talk about the next few weeks because it's going to dry up quickly. There's there's a lot of space to be filled. We'll have our share because we can always sure. live draft him. Of course. Uh, I mean, until the NFL draft. So don't go into an extreme panic just yet. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was just setting up a draft sim, by the way, which we'll do in a couple of seconds. Well, I I was going to ask you, though, what you think the top three most cliche football conversations for Sports Talk Radio are. Like, what what are the top three? Number one is easily who's the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Like That is the most cliche Sports Talk Radio topic in history. Does defense win championships? Is that another one? Like, what are the other two? You got any for this, Jonathan? What are the other? This would be like a Hot Routes question if I had done Hot Routes for today. The 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 most football cliche conversations in history. I think the best team of all time, maybe, but the defense wins championships thing seems to always come up. Worst team of all nonstop. time, too. Is worst team of all time a conversation that comes up a lot? I think so. I mean, you can obviously greatest look at... quarterback of all time comes up. Yeah, great, yeah. greatest that's, quarterback that's of all time one. is by far number one. You want to have that conversation right now for a second? I mean, who do, you, who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time? I've never asked you this because it is so epically cliche. I've never asked you in the hundreds of hours we've done on radio who you think the best quarterback ever. I mean, is. I'll go with Tom Brady. I think that the rings set it aside, and the you know the body of work itself. It's it's not a topic that I get into that often. Like because I'm. It's so cliche. To me, it's the same thing. We can never really know. To me, it's the same thing as the Jordan and LeBron debate. Yes. You will see a lot of that. And I mean, I I put those two in the same category where you can talk yourself into a circle and never come to an answer. Hmm. And that's probably where we'll stand on the greatest quarterback of all time debate. I don't know who I think is the greatest quarterback of all time. Is that weird? Like I actually, no, that's fair. I don't know. I guess I have I to do. I guess I'd have to do more like thorough, in-depth comparing statistics, comparing era of play. But off the top of my head, I'd say Tom Brady. I think that's fair. I think but saying Tom Brady is fair. kind of a cop out, though. It just is to be quite honest with you. And he's so annoying. The right answer is it really so a cop out? <laughs> I mean, so is Tom because I'm not Tom actually presenting a great argument here. But is he better than Peyton Manning because rings? I mean, I don't know. Like, can you really do it that way? You can. I mean, that's looking at it through that lens. Yeah. But sure. Peyton, Peyton Manning just had so many more years of amazing statistics. I think I have a hot take on this. Okay. That I think the best quarterback of all time only did it for maybe eight years, so he doesn't get the credit for that, but I think it's Steve Young. Okay. I think Steve Young, for his time, was the best Ever and I'll try to. Back Would you this throw up Joe quickly. Montana into that argument as well? I think yeah, he's in it. I mean, you, the the guys who are in it, you kind of have to decide like which one is your favorite. There's like five. So that you're going to have people will put in there. Right, you're going to have Brady. Brady and you're going to have Breeze or not? Well, maybe not Breeze. Does Breeze go in there? No, I, I think I say no. he would be no. a tier below. There's like five. It's Brady, Peyton Manning, Montana, Joe Montana, Elway? Steve Young, and probably John Elway. Probably Elway. There's, it's really hard because people who grew up in the 70s 
would want to say, well, well, you know, Terry Bradshaw and that. And I, and I feel like we have to almost kind of separate it mm-hmm. the way you might with baseball, where you can't really compare before they let black players play. <laughs> like, just, yeah, Babe Ruth, man, he was the best. Like, yeah, I guess so. But then, you know, he only had white competition. The The reason that I think it is Steve Young is from a statistical perspective, he was so superior during his best years to everybody else, and they went long enough. Like, 92 through 98 is is seven years where he is either number one or number two best quarterback in the NFL that entire time. It's like him, and it's Favre, and maybe Marino is still good enough. Jim Kelly is good for a few years. But he's just, like, way towering above everyone else in yards per attempt, quarterback rating. Like, when you look at his reference page, you see how much black ink there is for leading the league and stuff? It's crazy. It's Mm -hmm. like I've never seen that before. So I think he ends up being in that conversation. And then you could just pick whichever guy you like the most. So there's reasons to not like Brady that much. I mean, one would be he's this close to having half of those rings. A couple of teams run the ball and he's got half of those sure. rings. There's he's got a cheating coach. He deflated footballs himself, did a little cheating. Wasn't particularly fun to watch play. Like the Elway people, their argument would be if you're an Elway person, you'd be saying the reason I love Elway is the best quarterback of all time is, did you watch Elway? <laughs> Super fun. Go go on YouTube and watch old Elway when he used to drop 18 yards back and then <laughs> whip it a thousand miles an hour. And I, and I guess Marino probably is involved in that sort of big five or six mm-hmm. that we would have come across at some point. I don't think Breeze gets in that conversation. I don't either. And I don't really know if I have a true argument why. Because maybe because of the ring category and where the rest of them stack up and where Drew Brees is. I don't know, though. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think rings are the only thing you look at, for sure. I mean, that's an obvious one. And statistics aren't the only thing you look at. It's body of work. Can his body of work stand up to... Mm. If, if you're going, can his body of work stand up to Tom Brady? Sure. But the rest of the group, that opens Pandora's box. It pro- yeah. It, it, it's hard to say that it doesn't. I mean, he has a 163 and 111 record, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Led the league in lots of stuff. Oh, we predicted this. We called this. NCAA has canceled the men's and women's basketball tournaments for March Madness. We knew this would happen before we were off the air. So yeah. there you have it. So there you have so it. The entire world outside of us draft simming, which is going to happen very shortly here, is shut down. So it looks like from their official statement from the NCAA that all remaining winter and spring championships are canceled. So that would, I I assume, include the wrestling championship that was due to take place at U.S. Bank Stadium next week. Yes, that does include that. So I got off the plane today, and the first thing I see is welcome wrestlers and welcome wrestling fans. And I just, the thought that went into my mind and out of my mouth was, how effing weird is this? Welcome wrestlers? Not welcome wrestlers. <laughs> Just right how now, eerie that right? is, yeah. I mean... The entire sports world is shut down. Our except sports? for FaceTiming NFL draft prospects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and and honestly, we, we don't know about free agent visits and, and press conferences and everything else that we anticipate happening if we're conducting business as normal, which doesn't feel like that's going to happen. Like, even if the league year keeps on March 18th and, and we keep going with the schedule as is, 
next week is going to feel weird. I mean, I, I, we do our free agency stuff from home mostly anyways. Like the Monday and Tuesday, I often don't leave my couch yeah. because I sit with my computer and I'm constantly on the phone with people and typing up stuff and you know sitting in the same spot for 11 or 12 hours. Not that that's healthy, but that's the job. And should stretch the legs. Yeah, I get up and move around every once in a while. And I come here to do the show on Tuesday, which last year, Rami and I were reminiscing. Do you remember what happened Tuesday last year, free agency? Was that Anthony Barr I was coming in the back? parking lot when I text you an all expletive laden text <laughs> like, yeah, Anthony Barr just backed out of his decision to go to the Jets. Right. And we did a whole show and was writing a news story in the middle of it, an analysis piece and everything else. But, you know, it's going to be a little different because think about... Even last year, you know, wasn't there wasn't as much fanfare and pomp and circumstance of Barr coming back versus when you have a franchise quarterback come into your team where there's the dinner we're all trying to find out where Kirk Cousins is at with the rest of the yeah, Vikings right. and um, then Sheldon Richardson and they have these guys in for press conferences that week. Even if the league year starts on the 18th and they sign all these people and they release all these people, whatever. I feel like everything's going to be conference call for us. There's going to be no in-face, in-person, in-person interaction. Um, it's going to feel very sterile. And yeah. I think the draft is going to feel very sterile, too. But it, oh, it, but you have to do it. I'm definitely. not saying that, you know, if this is what's the right thing to do in order to limit the spread of this thing, then you have to do it. 100% agree. And, and canceling the tournaments is super... Weird. It's unprecedented. And, and this whole thing is haunting in a in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. To see it's just not gonna happen. And to think about all the people who were going into their senior years in college basketball looking forward to their final tournaments and things like that is really unfortunate and frustrating. But there really is nothing you can do outside of trying to limit this the best they can and the dominoes of sports that have all fallen. I think that we're going to be better for it, ultimately, even though it is an incredible hassle for everyone if they try to reschedule. It doesn't sound like they are. No, it's canceled, canceled. Me, canceled means yeah. done. Postponed yeah. is a different thing. So, gosh, I was even thinking about you know the, the draft, the NBA draft, the WNBA draft, how much they're impacted usually by the tournament. And uh, you know, a player rises to the top, you're Shabazz Napier yep. or something. or you know, the, That helps people's draft stock. Like. Or or hurts it. It's yeah. hard to say. Like Notre Dame, the women's basketball team, when they won, they had their entire starting lineup was drafted, and so I don't know if that would have happened if they never played the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I mean it's a small thing in a huge huge issue, but I, it just hits me as being creepy. Like, well, it you, feels like, it feels like life after people, except it's yes, playing out in real time. Yes, it feels like even just walking outside and walking to your car. You're sort of looking around like the world is a lot different because of all of this being shut down, even though it is inconsequential. Mm-hmm. These are things of normalcy in our lives that now are brought to a screeching halt. And honestly, it's extremely unnerving. I think that's why it incites so much panic and why our responsibility as journalists is to kind of quell that, uh, you know, you want to be. You want to take every precaution possible to prevent the spread of this thing. You want to be safe. You would rather be safe than sorry. And if this means we're going overboard, then so be it. Yeah. How, of, how often do we see this with hurricanes when it's like everybody get out of the state 
and the hurricane comes and it's a rain, it's a dusting, essentially a rainfall. It's not this catastrophic thing. I think about that with Hurricane Isaac a few years ago. I think that was 2017. I, I might have the name wrong, but it was the one that was August of 2017 that it, it moved back. I think the Bucks had to postpone their game. They had one scheduled. Um, all of the college football that was happening in the southeast region ended up moving the schedule around. And what happened? The hurricane hit. It was powerful rainstorms for a while, but it wasn't catastrophic damage. You'd rather be safe and tell people to evacuate and take those precautions than you would let people stay and try to ride out the storm. Because then you end up with a Hurricane Katrina catastrophic, deadly event. And you want to prevent that. Yeah. And I know that there are people who are upset about this. And I think a lot of the upset comes out of fear because when the sports world is affected by something, and I honestly feel like the sports world's kind of setting the precedent here for the rest of the world to take Definitely. to take action totally and, and follow it. And that's great. That's a great place to be in. Um, but it's a little it's unnerving because we don't know what the end date of this thing's going to be. We don't know what the outcome's going to be. We can't see over the horizon right now because we can't see the horizon. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. Um I think all you can really do is just try to ride this thing out together and try not to overreact and try not to get into a situation where you're panicking, and but it's hard not to. I, I You have to empathize with people as you're going through this because it feels like the world's ending right now. Right. It, it really does. It definitely does. But also, this should tell you how serious this is mm-hmm. because the NCAA would not forego millions, millions and millions yeah. of dollars. And you can they think what not. you want of the NCAA and that this billion dollar oh. non-for-profit but they like their they money, like their money. they like the gate concession that they get <laughs> yeah. and all of that but this is serious and we need to treat it as such if it ends up putting a cap on the curve of the virus then we've done our job but it is it, it is scary because you're watching this right now and it feels like life after people and for those of you i think that was an a and e show i remember watching it in college um where it would kind of simulate what life would look like in Minneapolis, for example, yeah. in year 2000 and 2420 or something like that, a very long way away if people weren't around anymore. Um, and if you're asked to be quarantined in your homes and have to stay home, well, what's next? Like, I think that's the big question, at least I want to know. So sports are being canceled. We find out that people are being told to stay home from work. Schools eventually feels like they're going to get canceled too. Well, when do we suspend air travel? When do we suspend, you know, when do we have martial law? Like, and I'm not trying <laughs> to create panic, but I that's where my brain... I might have just gotten to the panic. No, but that's like that. that's where I think it's fair. <laughs> and I understand where people are freaking out about this because you're seeing what's happening in other countries like Italy um, and throughout the European, European Union. You yeah. know, we don't have air travel to and from Europe except for the UK. Like, that's scary. So, you know... I know we're a sports show, and I know that we talk about kind of what this means in the grand context of sports, but this is a humanity issue right now. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Try to ride this thing out together, because the second we start turning on each other, and the second we start like in, like buying into the panic, then you're in real trouble. Yeah. Uh, Got a little philosophical well, there, but I mean, I, I don't know any other way to explain it. Um, I guess what what I'm having this, right now is just the sort of holy bleep moment. It's a, it's a shock this. factor, yeah, absolutely. The NCAA tournament, I don't know another time that it's been canceled. Yesterday, it was unprecedented. It's kind of a, a, you know, you get knocked off, you get the rug pulled out from under you, thinking, how are these games going to be played without fans? 
like the upset factor, the, the entire tournament is based on the crowd and the energy getting into it. This is like the pinnacle of college sports. And then you find out no fans. And now you find out it's not happening at, happening at all. And I think the one thing I wanted to bring up, because I was curious this morning, I thought, well, why don't they just do May Madness? Why don't they just try to postpone this thing? But then I think you're getting into the notion that the the indefinite notion of we don't know when this thing's going to end. So if you say it's going to be May Madness and you're scheduling and you're trying to make this whole thing work, then you have to you might have to undo all of that. Um, and it also might affect the academic calendar of when schools are going to start back up, because I know a lot of schools, uh, I think it was Tuesday when I was in here with Rami, Indiana, my alma mater said, everybody go home, no in-person classes through the end of the month. Well, they may end up saying no, no in-person classes for the rest of the year, like there are the rest of the academic year and just say that you finish out the semester remotely. So I think that that's something to keep in mind as to, well, why do they not just postpone this thing? Why are they just canceling it outright? Yeah, and it messes up a lot of things, including even the WNBA draft, Mm -hmm. where the women's tournament is really put very closely to the WNBA draft. And uh, it would be extremely difficult, even from a venue perspective, and this is where the NBA, if it's trying to play games into august i mean it's going to be really really tricky for how this happens which of course is all secondary to doing the right thing which i think all sports have done here and that leaves us with a lot of questions to go with the nfl like how will they deal with free agency and contracts and stuff like that um and also even otas and mini camps at this moment it feels to me like OTAs and minicamps are probably going to be off the table or pushed back. Or and canceled altogether. It's, it's really hard to say what's going to happen from here. So a very, very strange day, I guess, sort of leaking over from yesterday. But this is this is the one where I feel kind of shocked by it. Like, wow, the entire NCAA tournament is just poof. I don't know. I, I, so. The shock vacu- factor of that. I feel like we were expecting this. I mean, we talked about it on the show before we started, like T-minus however many hours until this happens. Yeah, yeah. But yesterday to me was the biggest shock when they started saying that they were going to do games without fans and then the domino effect. At this point, what's left? It feels like all... XFL! XFL the XFL has not said anything. Do they still have their games scheduled <laughs> um, for Saturday no, and Sunday? I don't Are think you surprised so. Vince McMahon hasn't said anything? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think so because venues and cities are not allowing these things. So already mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, the venue where they play that soccer stadium, they said we're, we're not holding but any events here. Has, so has the, the XFL, XFL itself said anything? No, I haven't seen it. I'm so. looking at their Twitter right now. <laughs> it would well, be very XFL to be like, yes, only sport in town. You have to watch the XFL. They, they, and pin, the they pinned a tweet. They pinned a tweet from yesterday. Um, the It's the <laughs> LA-Seattle one, game. Based on the proclamation issued today by Washington Governor Jay Inslee, the Seattle Dragons will host the LA Wildcats this Sunday as scheduled. The mm. game will take place, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's the only thing they've said. They have not decided to postpone or delay games I, or I think delay their whole season. Before we go to break, we need to acknowledge that Jonathan made it funny. What did you say? I'm so he, sorry. I was talking over you. He said he said that the XFL's ratings will still go down. Like it's a good one. Thank you. Roasted the XFL. It took you it took you the XFL for you to really nail somebody. It Jonathan. took a year good, and a half, but job. we got there. Good job. That was a good one. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do the only thing we do when the world is falling apart outside. That is to draft sim. We'll do it when we return. Here you listen to Purple Daily on Score North.
You're listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North app. Plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally, but nationally as well. We have a full story including that includes all of those cancellations over at scorenorth.com. Some of those cancellations, as you just heard, the NCAA just announced the cancellation of the remaining winter and spring championship tournaments. That includes the men's and women's basketball tournaments and the wrestling tournaments that were set to take place next week at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, the Big Ten's men basketball tournament obviously has also been canceled. The U of M canceled all in-person classes across all five campuses starting Monday. Again, a complete list of all the cancellations over at scorenorth.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You are listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North mobile app. Plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally, but nationally. Those include Major League Baseball postponing its opening day by two weeks and canceling spring training effective immediately. The NHL and Major League Soccer announced that they'll be suspending their seasons for 30 days. The U of M has canceled all in-person classes across all five campuses starting Monday. And just breaking last segment on the show, the NCAA just announced the cancellation of the remaining winter and spring championship tournaments. That includes both the men's and women's basketball tournaments and the wrestling tournament that was set to take place at U.S. Bank Stadium next week. Again, a complete list over at scorenorth.com. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, when things are feeling bleak, when it is a gray day and they've canceled everything in the entire world, so you might be feeling down. A, catch up on Netflix. I watched the show Cheer on Netflix. Have you watched it? No. But so I good. but I mean obviously now Super I've got good. a quarantine so I can watch that. <laughs> I can start The Wire finally. I'm like 15 oh, years behind. Wow, I can probably really watch, watch Breaking that. Bad. Yeah. You haven't you watched can get Breaking into Bad. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, John, we talked about this yesterday on the show. Um I am not a great TV watcher because okay. because of this thing, because of my stupid cell phone, <laughs> because I get distracted and I see a tweet and I'm just like it's like a very they usually do have ADHD when it no, I just become very ADHD when I watch TV because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it was hard to watch TV last and, night with yeah, all of the news I know. just constantly flooding it in. Was, uh, it was very difficult, but now that the coronavirus is going to basically quarantine us to our homes, we've got, and there's not sports on TV, I'm, I will take any suggestions anybody has about shows on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Showtime, HBO Go, any of them. Okay, and in between, what you can do... You know, you know what I'm doing bring in between. sunshine to your life is draft sim. So I am currently doing my own draft sim here for the first three rounds. And uh, you mentioned it, that the Vikings getting a third-round pick for Sheldon Richardson really does change the formula here mm-hmm. a little bit for the Vikings. Gives them opportunities to trade up or potentially even down if they wanted to really stack top 100 picks and take a bunch of swings at different players. So you're, you've finished yours. I'm finishing mine up now. How about you take us through your... Three round draft sim. Um, I don't draft sim until I hear my drop. Of course, of course. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Jonathan. If you would. No, 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 no. What do you don't want the music? What have we not heard? Draft scout. Yes, I want that. That's mine. I'm going to survive this coronavirus. I have to at least keep my brand going. (laughs) I mean, this is very important to me. Here we go. Who has the quickest twitch? Whose hips are the most oily? Who has the quickest long snap? Hand sizes, wingspans, 
Oh, no one knows hand sizes and no wingspans no better than true. Courtney R. Dress Scout. Can you imagine how many hand sizes and wingspans I'm going to get to sear into my brain the I next know. like indefinite amount of times I draft scout my way through this coronavirus? <laughs> Good Lord. You will know every draft pick's hand size and wingspan and if they're a long snapper, how hard they long snap the ball. Yeah. Guaranteed. Okay. Now, the music and your draft. Okay. So we were talking about this yesterday, just how much that third round pick can change things for the Minnesota Vikings. The compensatory pick was huge for them to be in between 16 spots from 89 to 105. They have four picks in the top 105. That's huge. Uh, and I, you are going to love what happened because of the compensatory pick in my okay. draft sim. I'm interested. So, at number 25, Jedrick Willis, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, fell to me. He's a top oh. top 10 prospect, yeah. uh, probably going somewhere in the top 10, top 15. But it's Some an, tackle's going to fall. Somebody is, whether it's prediction. him, Makai Becton, someone is going to fall out of the top 10. Uh, we saw it last year with Andre Dillard. And, you know, some of the medicals that were coming out about an injury he had in college and whether that was going to affect his draft stock, it did. So, um... That is who I took with the 25th pick overall. I decided to address an immediate need, or if you want to say it's a future need. I think it could be a little bit of both. I think we're going to find out within the next week or so whether they're going to keep Riley Reef or not. Yes. Uh, Then with my 58th pick, with the 58th pick overall, my my second round pick, I went with Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. Anthony Harris, go get your payday. Make money in free agency. They're going to need to replace him. Um, and they're, you know, we're going to find out soon too about like Anderson Deho. To me, J. Ron Curse is gone. I don't think he wants to come back here. But they need to start building out depth, the safety position, and having somebody who can play as many positions in the defensive backfield as he can. I think it's a great pick at 50. Do you think he's there by then? Because he is on a lot of draft sims. 80% of the people who send me a draft sim have, have Antoine him. Winfield Jr., and I do not blame you. He's a great player. I just question whether he's going to be there in the second round. I think he's an Realistic, early second round Realistically, guy. I think he's gone by 58. I think he's an early second round guy. Probably very early day two. Um, but I got lucky here. And yes, you sometimes did. Sometimes draft, draft is... scouting is all about being lucky. Sometimes. I mean, even That's what they say. last year when they got Irv Smith in the yeah. second round, I thought, well, there's a guy who dropped for no particular reason and was a really good pick in the second. So it does happen. Uh, your third round with two selections. Yes. Let me guess. One is Jalen Hurts. Yes. Okay. You so, are you are doing the people's draft sim right now. Because I think this is... Because you think that's so unrealistic. He well, would be there. Well, I don't think it's unrealistic that he'll be there. I think this is everyone's draft sim that they send me. Is they have an offensive tackle. They ha- like If we were doing a consensus where we just pulled 10,000 Vikings fans and we had them all do one draft sim, it would end up with a tackle first, Antoine Field Jr. and Jalen Hurts. Or yeah, throw Trayvon Diggs in there somewhere, too. If you could um, get him, yeah, for sure. But no, I, I I think the reason people do that is because he's anywhere from a day two second round pick. He's a day two pick. So he's anywhere from a second round to a third round pick. Yeah. You just don't know where. And I don't honestly think people know a lot of the third round quarterback prospects. He's the sexiest name there because of playing at Alabama and the national championship and then playing at Oklahoma and, and just how highly he's been touted, even among the top prospects, but still expected to be a second or third round pick. I also think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I think taking Jalen Hurts in the third round is 
a phenomenal idea. I think for taking the a quarterback Vikings. in the second or third round is necessary yeah. this year. Well, even for if, a multitude of reasons. I would even go this far. If Kirk Cousins signed a contract extension for like two more years, let's say, you still draft Jalen yes. Hurts there. Because he put up huge numbers at Oklahoma. He was a winner. He played for two huge programs. His throwing motion's not perfect, but he can run and you can design things to even get him involved, even if he's just your backup quarterback, to mm-hmm. get him on the field. Absolutely. You don't have a backup quarterback right now. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And like we've been saying, if Kirk blows you out of the water this year, and it's awesome, sign him to an extension, and then you could use him use that as trade leverage. So, if you really um, love Hurts, or if you don't, yeah, then you forget don't, about it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, my 89th overall pick, so that's my first third rounder, is Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. And that's me thinking either restructure, cut Linville Joseph, you could get some more pressure on the interior part this of the defensive line. surprising pick with him being there. Not surprising on that your he, end. Yeah, I'm surprised he's there. there because I saw him as high as the late first round. Yes. And so, I got him in the, at 89, and then with the comp pick, I picked Jalen Hurts. And if it were to somehow work out this magically and perfectly, you aced the. Fr- I mean, I, I'm confident touting my own draft sim right now that if this somehow was reality for the Minnesota Vikings, a so because this- you get the comp pick to take the quarterback who could potentially be your quarterback of the future, and we know they need a quarterback this draft. So you nailed it Thank with you. this draft sim. I mean, I I think that. You would get an A from almost any Viking fan to fill immediate needs at the offensive line, to get a future quarterback, to get defensive players who could step in and play probably right away for both of them. Mm-hmm. Mine, I think, would be less popular, and I don't even feel really great about it. It's just kind of how the board falls sometimes. I had, a, I had a bad one yesterday. I couldn't sleep. I don't doubt that. Um, it might also be the immense amount of coffee that you... Or just, you know, the stress of what's happening on the outside that, world. That could keep you up at night as well. Um, so we got to 25, and I had a bunch of different choices, but C.D. Lamb was on the board. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't say no. A wide receiver could step in and play right away. Needs you have speed. Kirk Cousins needs everything he can get on offense. That if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you've got to be a top five offense. At least that's how it's played out in the last four Super Bowls. So I'm kind of buying in that it's going to keep going that way. Top offenses will make it. You can use more weapons all the time. And C.D. Lamb is special. I think he's a great player. He's you know, got a chance to fall a little bit because of other great receivers. But he dominated at Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. okay, I went with that. And I get down into the second round and... So now my situation's a little less great for positions that I need because now you feel more desperate. Like, okay, well, I didn't get an offensive lineman. I kind of went luxury pick, so now I got to pick a need. So I went with safety Kyle Duggar, who is out of Lenore Rhine, the D2 school. Mm-hmm. Freak athlete, sort of a ball of clay that needs to be molded, sure. which might mean that he can't step in right away, but you can always sign a veteran and then have him be your guy that develops. You can never count on any rookie to step right in anyway. Would you, do you think, and that just brings up the bigger point of what they do with Andrew Sandejo and bringing him back, do you think he could take over a starting role again? Probably. I mean, the way he played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He I mean, he played, he played in the slot in the playoffs, too. You could get average play out of a free agent, okay. I think, who that's cheap. Not Anthony Harris level, but if you drafted someone like Kyle Duggar and he wasn't ready to step in right away, it wouldn't be like freak out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got your wide receiver is going to be an impact player, your safety who may or may not step in. And then I went with a guard, uh, Natane Muti, 
who is out of Fresno State. He's a mauler. He's just a, a monster-type player. Kind of like our old buddy Will Hernandez that the uh, Vikings didn't draft, but doing? we talked about a lot. I think he was okay last year. They still need help on the offensive line because they overpaid in free agency. A lesson to you all. Do not overpay Nate Solder. Uh, and then I went with Troy Pride Jr. with the other third-round pick because I hadn't picked a corner yet. And I look at this draft and go, eh, okay. You know, it turned out okay for me. You've got some players who could step right in, but I'm still feeling pretty empty at the cornerback position. Now I have to bring in some free agents at the cornerback position. I'm feeling like my safety can't step in, and I have to have Riley Reef is still my left tackle. I don't have a left tackle that I could put in. The extra third rounder helps, but you just feel every time you draft him, like there's so many more needs than there are draft picks here. See, so you're going by and large best available. That's how I did it. That's it. That sounds fair. I just went with CD Lamb is a really great receiver prospect, and if one mm-hmm. of these receiver prospects drops, because I'm looking at the first round for every one of these projections and draft sims, and you end up with. Guys like Henry Ruggs being taken high, T. Higgins being taken high, and Jerry Judy. Are we really going to see four wide receivers taken before pick 25? Like It, it feels likely that one of them will drop, and then the Vikings are going to have a really tough decision. So I could have taken some other guys who are in- interesting, like Austin Jackson, mm-hmm. the offensive lineman from, from USC. USC. Uh, Denzel Mims is another receiver I could have taken. I'm, the Baylor guy, right? I guess I would say I'm high on him, if that's what you say during this time. Um, you know, but there are other guys that I just didn't really didn't really love to step in, like Damon Arnett's a corner from Ohio State. I don't know, I guess. You know, um, Navelle Gallimore's the defensive lineman. I don't know, I guess. I, I, I like him. I like you? him. Mm-hmm. If he's there, I'd take him. The thing I wonder about with positional value, though, is if you take an interior defensive lineman at 25, is that overdrafting an interior defensive lineman unless he is an absolute monster? I mean, you, you'd say if, if you had an edge rusher there, sure, but that's just how that's the value that we place on guys who rush the passer from the outside, defensive ends. I mean, but the Vikings need that. They need an interior push. Like That's the biggest thing that was lacking with D-line play last year and why they had to get so creative in the playoffs by putting defensive ends into the interior spot on third down. That's just that's just the nature of the beast. You have to be able to pressure the quarterback. What did you make of Mike Zimmer at the Combine saying that he thinks you can manufacture that interior pressure? I think that that's his way of saying using a Fadio Denebo on those downs, maybe even moving... I mean. Stephen Weatherly didn't look good when they put him in that situation at points this year. But what did they do in New Orleans? They used Daniil Hunter and they used Everson Griffin in that package. Now, what does that mean going forward? Are you going to see more of that? I think in situations, but you can't be that predictable to think that that's going to happen all the time. I think if you're looking for one spot, and I've thought about this a lot with interior defensive linemen. Like, What does it mean to have someone who's truly great Versus just pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, there are lots of positions where there's that big gap between truly great and pretty good. And then there are other positions where I think it's closer. So Christian McCaffrey and Delvin Cook are truly great. Mm-hmm. But the players that are just pretty good are kind of close to truly great. And this might even go for wide receivers where Julio Jones is truly great. And Adam Thielen is just really good. But that gap is not massive between Adam Thielen and Julio Jones. I think the gap at defensive tackle is massive massive between truly great Aaron Donald 
and pretty good lots of other guys that you still could get run over if you're Garrett Bradbury or Pat Elfline by the the good players. But in the impact that they make toward winning, Aaron Donald helps you a lot. But the next or the fourth or fifth guy interior defensive lineman isn't anywhere close. Well, Does that th- make sense? I think that anybody in on offensive or defensive line, you're going to find the same thing. Because think about the the changes that they made to their offensive line last year, and you know no one expected Josh Klein to be elite or even great. I think good, average to good is what you expected out mm-hmm. of him. That's the majority of the league. At that, I mean, tackles really left tackles are what you talk about, and then it's everybody else. You're not sure you can talk about you know great centers and and all of that. But you're never really talking about that with guard play to where these guys are truly, truly elite, like yeah. game changers. Yeah. And that's why you can't expect, you know, piecemealing an offensive line together to all of a sudden work in one year. It might down the line if you get great players in there, especially tackles. But I, I don't know. The gap between offensive linemen to me seems just as high as what you would talk about with an interior defensive lineman. I agree completely. And I'm taking left tackles out of that. So basically I'm saying the interior of both lines are kind of the same way. And it's a good reason to not draft a guard high mm-hmm. or a center high, honestly. Because well, if, what if it's a top 10 pick? What if it's like the Colts a few years ago? Is that your exception to the that, rule? It is, yeah. It so is. you're saying you have to get them in the top 10, pretty much. If you can't get one who's going to be elite, if you can't project it to be Zach Martin or, or Quentin, Nelson. Quentin Nelson, then you shouldn't take it. And I feel the same way about... Defensive tackle, where if you can't project your defensive tackle at 25 to be one of the five best defensive tackles in the NFL, then you should focus on your edge rusher, you should focus on your corner, your wide receiver, your tack- your left tackle. Because left tackle is like quarterback to me. Like You just have to have one uh, that if you get one, you get to keep it for 10 years and it's amazing <laughs> for mm-hmm. you. You know. Um, so I don't know. It's It's one of those positions where I look at it's hard when I draft him to decide when to take one or if to take one at all. That's a position that I could leave on the table. So I think yours was decidedly better than mine. Um, I, I think we've set ourselves all up for Jalen Hurts' disappointment. That, that he's not going to be there. Or that he's, they're just, just not, not going to do be, it. Yeah. So then five years from now, Jalen Hurts will be starting somewhere and will go... Great. The Patriots were the ones that picked him, and now he's starting, and now he's in the Super Bowl with a 90-year-old Belichick who survived coronavirus, and here's the Vikings with the next Tavares Jackson at quarterback or something. You know, we'll we'll do that for a million years. It is one I really do think if Jalen Hurts is on the board and they don't pick him, that 80% of Vikings fans will be disappointed. Oh, I agree with you. And if you want to make the argument that he's not the fit for an offense of a team that Mike Zimmer is the head coach of, that's one thing. But if you're talking about having a contingency plan for Kirk Cousins, and if you always make the argument for best available player at that spot, if he's there, that'd be a mistake to pass him up. All right. Uh, just, more... ho- just hope that Gary loves him. I... Hope that Gary has fallen head over heels for Jalen Hurts, and he has, just has to have him. focusing on his play actions and boots. All right. Uh, the sports world's falling apart, and who to help you with that? Mackie and Judd with Rami, right? That's what's coming up Oh, next I can't wait for some Judd. Here on Purple Daily. I have no idea what is to come for any of us, so I can't make you feel any better. But I will be here tomorrow, presumably. We'll talk to you then. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.